Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. So, did you guys know? Uh, I just gotta ask first. Am I being detained? Um, yes. Number two. <laughs> you begging cunt. Um, did you know that the <laughs> the only way that someone legally can charge you with something in a court of law is if there is a gold fringed flag in the room? I, oh, that that sounds like bullshit. Is Am that, I being detained? That is that the same like part bullshit. of the Constitution that says that Muslims can't serve in government legally? Exactly. Colin? Yeah, okay. Precisely. But, oh, awesome. Uh, I, I, like, I like when we do the alt-right bit, when we do the bit about being fake racist and fake misogynistic and fake fascist. It's funny to me, because I know we're not, but sometimes I'm too sad and out of energy to do the bit. And today is one of those days. Oh boy, here we are. We've come <laughs> again. Hmm. Uh, Don't worry, I've lubricated my brain thoroughly enough. No, mm-hmm. have I? Is the question. Um, Colin also has worms coming out of him. Well, that's normal. That's just the common. worms are their money. Their bones are their dollars. Shout out to Connor O'Malley to come into the Independent Comedy Club and me fucking missing him because I never go to the Thursday open mic and now I need to go. Connor O'Malley, uh, Michigan's favorite adopted son. Is he not from Michigan? No, Nathan Robinson is. Tim Robinson. Same thing. No. I know, the, the other guy's like some sort of pundit or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, Tim Robinson. You know what I'm talking about. I'm... Hey, cut me some fucking slack, first of all. These people have the same last name. And human beings weren't built to memorize more than, like, a hundred distinct people, okay? I'm just gonna start confusing you with every person with the last name Stanley. Well, I've been replacing, uh, like, second cousins in my head with, uh, like, heads of state recently. So, pretty soon I'll think that, like, you know, my <laughs> my second cousin with uh, Munchausen syndrome is also named Henry Kissinger. So, I mean, he probably thinks he is. Uh, sh- she definitely. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize for misgendering your mentally ill cousin. I'm gonna. That's gonna be a tweet where it's gonna be like, uh, I recently I spoke to my cousin with Munchausen syndrome, uh, and uh, they refuse to uh, seek treatment uh, for their crippling psychological condition. 
uh, if you assumed that my cousin was a man, you're part of the problem. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag girl boss. <laughs> Hashtag. Women can, keep girl boss. women can be violently mentally ill, too, in a way that destroys family bonds and sends them to federal prison. Hashtag gate, gaslight uh, gatekeeping girl boss. I don't know. She's not going to federal prison. I think she's going to county lockup, but it's fine. Uh, who cares? I who oh, cares? I I say my last name on this fucking show. Uh, like they yeah. can find my Twitter account. Do you think I care about my dirtbag white trash family getting publicly humiliated for being the scum that they are? That's I wish I more people. About. There, I can literally pull up articles with my family's fucking name in them and be like, oh, this is when that one cousin was arrested and sentenced for pedophilia. This is when that one cousin was arrested for stealing a man's bird. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how else to Hold play. on, Colin. Hold on. Hold on, bud. We're going to need to make some more room on the line before you air out any more of this dirty laundry. Oh, man, I'm so fucking tired. I cannot even begin. I can't sleep well. Even, like, e even when I get to sleep, all my bones hurt in the morning. And it's because I'm full of fucking plastic. Yeah, that's, well, speaking of uh, tiny little pieces of plastic, uh, hey, hi, hello, and welcome once again <laughs> back to Worst in the Industry, uh, the show where these three nerdles uh, attempt to work our way into the bloodstream of America. Uh, and spread our microplasticky truths into your body and the uh, the subsequent generations of humans that you may spawn. My name is Justin St. Peter, and I came from a Kit Kat wrapper to my left. It's Colin Stanley. I'm working on a technique for psychic lobotomies to my left. Um, my name's Tyler, and... I don't know, man. I'm bad with these intros. Tyler, I was, I was about to say, Tyler, if you're gonna do the thing <laughs> where you're like... I haven't prepared at no. all. <laughs> nope. Haven't, haven't thought about it at all. Um, I, make, I make these up on the spot now, man. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I've never taken any improv classes. Neither have I. Um, I've never done theater. I've been in the improv right. class called Life, fella. If you, if you tell me to, if I'll tell you what, if you, if you tell me to improvise a drum solo, I'll do it, but... Tell me to improvise something funny. It's not fucking happening. Hey, you know what they say? It's, every day, be... every day is a winding road. Can I get an occupation from the audience? Uh, <sighs> that yeah, well. your your improvised drum solos will be a part of our next show, Hot Skins, where we just talk about <laughs> drums. Hot Can we, skins. I, I thought you were gonna it's Hot Skins is Hot Skins is gonna be about drummer sex tape. And most Sounds of the a little first season will be Joe. Tommy Lee Jones. Tighten up the screws a little bit. No, it was, it was mostly a joke about the, the Hot Pipes podcast. I don't know who that is. It's the their pipe organ podcast. It's a good plug. Anyway. And if anyone's really into pipe organs, I guess go That's listen to it. probably not going to make the episode. <laughs> I, honestly, at this point, we put whatever you want in the episode. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm like, I'm... I remember when we first started the show, uh, you know, 16 years ago. Yeah. 16, uh, years, 16 years of hard work. 16, yeah, we, we put 15 years of uh, research. A lot of pre-pro. A lot of pre-pro yeah, was involved. A lot of pre-production. Pre yep. A lot, of, lot of trial and error. Yeah. Yep, it was, uh, it's, been a, it's been a journey, boys. Mm. A journey. Interesting. Interesting way to say it. Uh, uh Interesting because you know we do it sitting down, never moving in any direction. Yeah, no. Uh, 
man. Yeah, well, today today's episodes uh how did I how did I describe it in the chat? Today's a real episode tooth grinder. A real tooth grinder. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a real oral garbage disposal lab in today. Uh, so make sure you keep the forks out when you flip the switch. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, today's up. Today's up is a uh, I don't know what to call it really. It's it's an oil industry update. Um, it's also a like climate change status update. It's also like uh, equivalent to um, a mentally ill man wailing about the hopelessness uh, and the inevitability of death. Uh, on like a public city street, so it's like a com. It's like you know mixed genre. You know, it's like pop punk. It's like a divine comedy. It's like yeah. fusion. It's like uh, it's like Joy Division. You know, it's like new, it's like newfound glory. Yeah. Like it's not it's not rock. It's not punk. It's somewhere in the be- in between, and it will make me kill myself, much like Ian Curtis. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. He's fine. Uh, well, not really. <laughs> no, he's but not. <laughs> he's fine now. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he's just as fine as he could be. No. Yeah. No, he's, he's dead. just ceased to be. I'm sorry, do you have any bad days when you're dead? I don't think so. No, you don't have any good days either. In fact, you don't have any days. When did we get on CNN and these this liberal media is trying to censor me? I'm being censored, white man with a podcast. I'm being censored. People are preventing me from speaking network that enables my podcast to exist. <laughs> it's oh man anyway yeah so we're talking it's it's the oil update so we're gonna talk about a few things uh we're gonna see some uh familiar faces um we're gonna talk about uh greenwashing we're gonna talk about bullshit technology uh and we're gonna talk about just the general incompetence of an entire species to stop from killing ourselves so yeah it's gonna be a fun time uh fucking strap in uh so let's let's start where i where our heart is um, the, uh, the love affair that we've cultivated here at the worst industry, uh, with our good friend, friend of the pod, Chevron. So, (laughs) um, in early March of this year, uh, Chevron Phillips Chemical Company, um, which is a chemical, uh, subsidiary of Chevron, Hmm. specifically chemical processing, um, actually, um, had to, uh, agree uh, because of a, a consent decree uh, to monitor and publish information on air pollutants from three uh, plants that they had uh, uh, in the United States. So that's that's great, right? That's mm-hmm. that's a step towards sure um, regulation. Like it's a step towards um, holding Chevron accountable for um, the ravaging of the planet and the biosphere that it's doing every single day, uh, 24-7. Um but you'd be wrong to think that <laughs> because um as we're kind of as as things are becoming more and more clear a lot of the steps uh that we see taken that look like uh good things or you know positive towards you know mitigating the effects of climate change are really um very very diluted watered down compromises meant to please the handful of people who could actually do something about this into complacency. Yeah. So that's essentially what this is. So we'll talk about it a little bit. We'll get into the technology and, and the way that it's being uh, enforced, the way that it's being uh, rolled out. So Chevron, Phillips Chemical Company, uh, basically they were in violation of the Clean Air Act. 
because of that, a federal court um, got uh, a consent decree issued whereby Chevron has to install um, and monitor and publish on publicly available sites uh, information from these chemical plants. So how, how, how does that work? How do they do that? What are these, uh, you know, how is this information being collected? Um, so it's actually super, super interesting, um, you know, if you're, if you're baked out of your mind and love boring things. Which, uh, I mean, you know, we all are from time to time and by time to time. I mean, the three of us do that pretty much daily, so. <laughs> exactly. So it is, uh, it's, it's through a process that's referred to as fence line monitoring. So fence line monitoring is when basically, you know, uh, for the longest time, a lot of these plants, um, there was this idea that it's like, well, it, it happened outside of our fence line or it happened outside the bounds of our property or outside the bounds of our operation. So we can't be liable for it. We can't be culpable for these things that we directly caused because technically they're happening outside of the plant. We can do everything within the plant, but outside the plant, we can't do anything, which it's is obviously like bullshit. The, uh, it's just like the alien tort statute. Yes, it's it's very similar. So there, there have been uh, some improvements made to that uh, line of thinking uh, far too slowly uh, and far too, uh, you know, ineffectually um, to actually make a serious uh, change. Um, but the method that they're talking about when they talk about this uh, fence line monitoring uh, is specifically uh, things like S-Pod monitors, um, which are these, they're like these little fucking R2-D2 looking bitches. Uh, and those will have like these uh, <laughs> sensor arrays on them where basically they, they measure things like um, wind speed, wind direction, uh, and then uh, air content. Um, and basically they, they install them on these fence lines and they're constantly intaking information uh, based on uh, the way the wind's blowing um, and what the, the wind is made of. So how much uh, benzene gas is in it, for instance. That's, that's a big one. Benzene gas is a huge problem it's a hydrocarbon uh so as we know like most fossil fuels uh are also hydrocarbons uh it's incredibly destructive to the atmosphere uh to living organisms period and there's not really a great way to deal with it once it's been released into the atmosphere there's really not much you can do about it um so the idea is to um prevent leakages so that's that's the umbrella justification for this whole thing is the idea that chevron uh, Phillips chemical company. Um, th this is to prevent quote unquote leaks. Um, as opposed to the idea that these chemical plants are inherently harmful and should, if not outright abolished, be so heavily regulated, uh, that it would make more sense for the government to run them, uh, themselves. Um, but basically the way these things, you know, they're able to track these pollutants, but it's up to Chevron to act on this information mm -hmm. and to provide this information to maintain the system that collects and, and spits out this information. So everything at the end of the day is in Chevron's hands on how, when, and why they want to enforce things. There is just now the, you know, the Damocletian sword uh, of, well, there might be some consequences if you don't. They had to pay a pretty hefty penalty um, when, when it was found that they were violating the Clean, clean, air, air, clean air Act. Um, but honestly, it's chump change to a company that's owned by Chevron and run by Chevron. Uh, you know, they have hundreds of billions of dollars um, to just shit out whenever they feel like it um, because they make more money than they could ever possibly spend. Uh, that's, that's the point. That's why they make so much money, so they can, you know, protect themselves in these cases. 
Um, so, and, and this was kind of touted, this, this enforcement of fence line monitoring through this consent decree was kind of touted as the Biden administration being tough on polluters, being tough on pollutants. And then, as like I said, you read into it and it's like, well, they're not actually being tough on anybody because they're, you know, it's, it's like, it's like uh, going out for dinner and telling your kid to put themselves in timeout. Like, it's, it's fucking, it's your grandpa going, hey, you're not too big that I can't put you over my knee. And fucking doing the, like, hey, uh, like old hey Jack, uh, hey, Jack, why don't you, uh, hey, uh, hey there, uh, kiddo, why don't you, why don't you just, uh, you know, come on over and uh, we'll use the honor system. We used to, back back when I was uh, lifeguard. I used to use the honor system all the time. Used to use this guy I knew called Corn Pop. And he's you know come come on by. Me. Oh, you know as they say, the freer the market, the freer the people. And yes. also, who better to regulate an industry than the people who are actively making billions of dollars? Off well, of that they industry. know the oh, most yeah. about it. Why exactly. would they not be the people that regulate it? They're the most exactly. informed, Tyler. You get it. <laughs> They're the uh, and if you're interested, in the best. Um, Clearly. Uh, the method that they that they use is uh, specifically uh, called OTM 33 or Other Test Method 33, uh, which was developed by the EPA. And, and basically, it's it's just a method for uh, detecting pollutants in the air. It's, it's pretty interesting. You can go to the websites that they have. I think they have uh, three, three different um, publicly available websites that all seem... A lot of what's going on seems like it's um, being offloaded onto, like, shitty local infrastructure, um, oh, which is uh, even it's, better. Because it's our responsibility? Because that Sicilian man, he looked real sad in that, that buckskin costume in the 70s, and that means it's our fault. Exactly. So, speaking of uh, companies that have been left to regulate themselves for far too long, we're going to bring it back to the Great Lakes uh, for our... Our friend and the friend of the Wet'suwet'en people, uh, Enbridge. No. Uh, <laughs> those, those sons of bitches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about fucking Enbridge. So, um, this is going to be nice because I get to yell about a, a, Michi- a low-level Michigan politician. So, it'll be nice. I get to get some of my personal uh, <laughs> bias uh, out on the pod in a way that makes me sound correct and smart. When, uh, when has anything ever stopped you from letting your personal bias out on the podcast before? Well, usually when you <laughs> censor it or you... me? It's just you, Justin. <laughs> just, if I'm being censored, it's only because of Justin and only because he doesn't want me to go to federal prison. So, you know, if you don't, if you want to get some real spicy takes, you can lobby for Justin to stop editing the podcast and we'll just release the raw. We'll just release the whole thing oh, yeah, raw. Oh, yeah, just keep the... <laughs> Get the raw thing with that Cal Scrooby song tacked onto both ends. Or I'm get... pretty sure Colin would have been in jail by now. If oh, at the very it. least, I'd be getting oh, a yeah. subpoena right now. There, there would like he really would have been called to. to if anybody was listening, if anybody oh, was he listening, d- he did come on and admit to organizing the January. 6th. Uh, uh, ha, ha, uh, uh, no, you're rewriting history. This is revenge. This is revisionist history. I did not organize the January 6th committee. I was invited, not subpoenaed, invited to speak oh, before okay, the January right. 6th committee as an expert witness, okay? Oh, okay, okay. All right, let's get that. I just want that to be clear. I did not dime on anybody. 
Why, why were you called as an expert witness, Colin? What makes you an expert into breaking in, in, about breaking into the Capitol building? I got a lot of plans. Mm. I got a lot of personal notes. How does the DOD know about those plans? Doesn't matter. When's, they when's have the, the NSA. They know everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so. you didn't. You didn't hear the voicemail that Lindsey Graham left, Colin. Okay, we're not going to talk about Lady G. Let's, so he we're said. Gonna, he said, Stop. hey, hey, listen here, Mr. Man, why don't you come down to the January 6th committee and testify as an expert witness, and then afterwards I can blow your back walls out. If I saw Lindsey Graham on Grinder, I would use the distance feature of that app. And now I have to stop talking because I'm getting yeah, the red yeah, light. I'm getting the red light. Stop. I'm getting the red light to stop talking. <laughs> thank you thank you for not making See? editing work for me Alrighty, so uh this is uh an article uh that was reposted um uh, on a michigan focused website for like uh like michigan specific like utilities water stuff um but it is originally from uh michigan radio uh which is kind of just like a news aggregator that deals with like local michigan stuff um uh but specifically uh what they were talking about uh was enbridge's line five project um, which is, you know, uh, a sister program to their Line 3 project uh, in Minnesota and Wisconsin. So, basically, is, one of the main... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Is there a Line 4? Is this like a senior prank type situation where, you you know, you label one, one, and then another two, and then another four, and then you just let them go, and then they spend all day looking for number three? Uh, I know they have pipelines in Illinois and Indiana, uh, but line four might either be in Canada or further east, because I know there's, like, a one that, like, shoots through the thumb into Canada, and then one that shoots through fucking uh, Minnesota up into Canada. So, uh, there, I'm sure there could be. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a line four somewhere. These are just the two that directly concern us. Lovely. These uh, are the two direct threats to the health and safety of people in Michigan. Uh, essentially, yeah. Uh, and Minnesota and Wisconsin, yeah. uh, which, you know, are, uh, you know, lesser and greater Michigan, uh, respectively. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, as I'm sure you guys are aware, we've talked about it before, Gretchen Whitmer did order the Line 5 pipeline to should be shut down. Uh, because, as we all know, the Line 5 pipeline is sitting on the fucking lake bed uh, in the Straits of Mackinac, uh, which is, uh, for those of you... Um, with hands uh, directly above the tip of your middle finger uh, if you're going to make a Michigan map out of your hand, which is appropriate because Enbridge should fuck off. Mm. Um, but that that pipeline is sitting on the lake bed, uh, which, uh, if you're familiar with lake beds at all, um, they're not particularly stable, especially not for long-term infrastructure. You don't want to ever build anything directly on a lake bed because it's made out of you know fucking mud and sand and silt not exactly what you'd call sturdy stuff and the it's fact that not. it's uh basically completely exposed in this area means that any fucking boat that's not paying attention where it drops its anchor any debris that falls off the bridge or uh the surrounding area uh or just shifting currents um and just like general garbage in the lake uh, could severely damage it and cause leaks, as it has dozens of times over the past few years. Um, now, the people who are opposed to this 
Um, one of which is the Texas-based Consumer Energy Alliance, which, oh. if, you'll, if you'll believe it, is a consortium of uh, basically fossil fuel interests and the politicians who suck them off. Um, one of which, uh, one, one person who spoke at a news conference from this uh, Texas-based fossil fuel. I can't stress enough that this is a Texas-based group specifically for fossil fuel interest. Yep. Um, a Michigan representative, Sarah Cambensey, and that is C-A-M-B-E-N-S-Y. Cambensey, C-A-M-B-E-N-S-Y. Sarah Cambensey. She's a Democrat, a blue dog from the UP, the Upper Peninsula. Uh, and, and now I'm going to read directly from the article. She said, Line 5 needs to continue to pump oil. She said a proposed tunnel under the Straits of Mackinac to house a replacement segment for the nearly 70-year-old pipeline is the only way to ensure energy security for the state. I found that those opposed to building the tunnel didn't really have a plan. They had no ideas and talking points about how they envisioned transporting fuel or propane. This is, this is one of the reasons I chose this article, this next line, because you can see that the writer... Um, has not only a, a glib spirit, much like me, um, but also a way with words that constantly eludes me. The expert who wrote the report, the experts who wrote the report said they were asked to look at whether fuel prices would be affected if Line 5 suddenly stopped operating. Terry Clower is a professor of public policy at George Mason University. He and his partner, an economist, said there's never been a case... Uh, I'm sorry, can we... Fuck, I, can we skip this? Yeah. I fucked up. I read the long, wrong portion. So, um, essentially, uh, we, we, honestly, we can cut all the way back to right after I was done talking, which that she said. Mm -hmm. um, so, we'll start right here. So, Sarah Cambensey, um is a politician who's working hand-in-hand -hand with a, uh, a blatant lobbying group for fossil fuel interest saying that people who are opposed to keeping this highly destructive, completely unstable, and decades-old fucking pipeline uh, operational don't have an alternative plan, are going to raise fuel prices in the state, um, and won't be able to get us uh, the resources that we need uh, to continue operating on a basic level. Um, as this article says... Environmentalists think the report makes some wrong assumptions. Hmm. Um, essentially, I wonder why? Uh, the report that they're referring to is a report that was put out uh, by a public policy professor uh, and his partner, who's an economist, uh, Terry Clower at George Mason University. Hmm. Um, they said uh, that their estimates uh were would be uh that if there was a restriction in fuel supplies on line five if it was if, if it were to be shut down uh there uh and there were you know fuel supply fuel supplies um because they wouldn't be able to pump as much into the state there would be a price increase uh yeah. between nine and a half and eleven and a half percent um uh and that that would essentially equate to about a just over 40 cent per gallon increase for gasoline which you know that's that's a pretty big fucking hike to oh, yeah, go from yeah four dollars right now which is trash to four forty an hour is crazy that's you know a lot of money for people uh, especially in a state 
that has vociferously opposed any kind of public transportation because of the Nazis that started the automotive industry. Uh, so, um, the problem is that this report that they wrote is based on old information and is very, like, just not well put together, essentially. Um, yeah. That the information that they're using, this idea of supplies um, not being high enough, doesn't account for the fact that line six, which was a line we talked about during the oil industry uh, yeah. uh, series, the one that caused that massive spill in Kalamazoo, um, that one, when it was repaired, it doubled its fucking capacity. So, you don't need line five. Because the pipe that they already fixed after it fucking burst because they didn't give a shit about maintaining it properly um, now can transport double the fucking amount. So why do we need line five? We don't. Um, uh, the uh, clear water uh, action, which is uh, a water defender group, uh, one of the representatives, uh, Sean uh, McBrearty, uh, said that two refineries are not going to stop operating if Line 5 shuts down. All the refineries in Toledo and Marathon in Detroit get their oil from more than just Line 5. Actually, he said, they receive oil from several different sources. They receive a small percentage of their oil from Line 5, and they would not be impacted in this way by a Line 5 closure. So, the people who are arguing to keep Line 5 open... To build, uh, to build a half-baked tunnel that would either be on the taxpayer's dime to fix Enbridge's costly ecological destruction, or on Enbridge to do a shitty job and have it, you know, c can cause another completely destructive fucking spill. Yeah. Those are the options. These are the options that, you know, Sarah fucking uh, Kimbenzi wants to fucking put forth. The red light. I see the red light. Okay. <laughs> What flavor of shit sandwich do we want today, ladies and gentlemen? Exactly. Uh, so, what, like what? What, she is, what she is proposing, as practical and pragmatic as many politicians do, um, is actually not those at all. That's something we're going to talk about uh, again and again. And this is why I brought this up for this episode. Is that so often you see people talk about climate change, talk about the use of fossil fuels, and they go, obviously climate change is real obviously we're worried about our water we're worried about our air and polluting them but it's just not practical it's just not pragmatic if we do this refinery is shut down people lose their jobs gas goes up 40 40 cents a gallon except they're lying yeah. except they're using bullshit information or information that's been cooked up by a third party being paid by the same fossil fuel companies that are causing this fucking problem they're they're lying to you i don't know how any more plainly to say it that whenever you hear shit like that it is a greasy salesman cover for i'm getting paid by these companies and i need to make sure that keeps happening it, it is it is difficult and nigh impossible to actually justify anything more pragmatic than you know saving the human race and de defending the environment in which we are currently destroying the, the idea, that when they say uh, pragmatic or practical, what they mean is profitable. I'm going to read the last two paragraphs from this article because, I, I, again, I feel like um, this was honestly, it was very well written. Um, Lester Graham uh, is the gentleman uh, who wrote this. 
big, big props to him, especially considering that Michigan Radio, uh, the the news site that he wrote it for, um, is actually sponsored by Enbridge. They're one of their corporate donors. Um, but still, he's writing this, which clearly shows Enbridge is full of shit uh, and yeah. going to continue to cause damage, but does it in such a smart way by putting the focus not on Enbridge as a destructive corporate entity, but on the policymakers enabling them, which is very, very smart. Uh, big, big ups to him. Uh, I don't know if he's a good person or if he has other good articles, but I like this one. Um, yeah. So the, the, the last two points, this is again from uh, Representative Sarah, that's S-A-R-A, uh, Cam Benzi, C-A-M-B-E-N-S-Y, uh, whose uh, home address is public uh, information, as we're all aware, because she is a uh, public representative of the people of Michigan. Uh, she said this, Pipelines are the safest way to transport oil and gas. They keep our jobs, our industry, our citizens, and our businesses functioning. And we cannot afford to buy into the false lies and tales that we're being told. The article goes on. But some businesses that rely on, on the Great Lakes, Native American groups, and others opposed to building a tunnel under the Straits for a new segment of Line 5 have said, None of us can afford an oil spill in the Great Lakes from the pipeline sitting on the lake bed. They said it's too risky not to shut it down. It's nearly 70 years old now, and it could take years longer to get the regulatory approval and then build a tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's that I can't, I couldn't have fucking summed it up better myself. This is dangerous. This is fucking uh, costly. It's something that's not really feasible to do. Like in the process of building that tunnel, you're, you're going to have a ton of fucking heavy machinery down there. You're going to be displacing a ton of the lake bed. What do you think is going to happen to the fucking pipeline? Do you think it, you think it's just going to sit there and chill out? No. It's going to fucking rupture. There's going to be an accident. Even if there's not a, an accident, it's like the process of putting the fucking pipe in the tunnel could rupture it. Like, even getting your fucking equipment there, bringing boats out to the straits, you could drop a fucking anchor and blow a hole in this fucking pipeline. And... Guess what? The largest source of fresh water in the world is the Great Lakes. So if you like being able to live and drink water and not die, um, you should be upset about this. Now, Sarah Kimbenzi um, clearly believes a great deal in Enbridge's ability to build uh, safe and enduring infrastructure. Um... Which is probably why she's a politician. You know, you, you don't get there if you have a lot of critical thinking ability or dignity or honesty. Yeah. Um, even as a Democrat, as as shown here. Um, now that, she, she was quoted in that article uh, on uh, March 10th. This is from the Star Tribune uh, in Minnesota only 11 days later. Let me read you the headline. Enbridge crews punctured three aquifers during Line 3 oil pipeline construction. So the, the company that we're supposed to, you know, uh, respect or, or I guess rather trust that they have the uh, competency um, to dig a fucking tunnel under one of the largest sources of fresh water in the world to put an oil pipeline 
uh, that is 70 years old and has had dozens of, of leaks and issues in the past uh, can't even dig a fucking hole in the ground without destroying a fucking ecosystem, without causing massive ecological damage. Well, of course not. <clears throat> and it's how like, can they be expected to do that? And honestly, the, the, like I don't get a lot of pleasure out of uh, researching for the show, but I had myself a good little fucking chuckle. Uh, I was stewing and fucking seething over that stupid, ill-informed representative and what she had to say about the pipeline. And then literally 11 days later, they punched holes in three fucking aquifers uh, dozens of miles from her constituents. Because she's from the UP. She works in the UP. That's who she represents. And Minnesota's, uh, you know, maybe not dozens. I, I always mix. I've, we talk about this every time. I mix up Wisconsin and Minnesota. God damn it. Yeah, Minnesota's the one that's not so close. It's the far one. It is the far one. It's the one that's all fucked up and it has the big bite taken out of it. Yeah, it's the far one, bud. <laughs> You're thinking oh, it's, it's a bit the far, too it's, there. The far, it's the far one, bud. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, okay. Tyler's camera is frozen. I was wondering why he was oh, staring yeah, so intently oh, it's, into it the has been camera. For a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just thought he was just like... Jesus Christ. Because there nope, have been times just, when you've been uh, that still on camera. Uh, so the DNR is who... Uh, and now Justin's is frozen. Oh, oh there yeah, we it go. was frozen. Oh. Uh, so the DNR in Minnesota is who this uh, these punctures were reported to. That's the Department of Natural Resources. Mm-hmm. Um, Fish and game. Yeah, they're the people that are, are supposed to protect our environments, supposed to protect our drinking water, supposed to protect our air quality, and supposed to protect uh, our forest and natural wetlands uh, here in the upper Midwest. Um Instead, they make lucrative agreements with oil interest. Um, and, and that's what we're going to talk about right here. So, um, the combined... So, again, reading directly from the article in the Star Tribune. Combined, the punctures led to nearly 300 million gallons of groundwater flowing to the surface, with the most serious breach occurring near the Fond du Lac band of Lake Superior Chippewa Reservation in St. Louis County. The rupture, that rupture alone discharged more than 200 million gallons of groundwater, and it continues to flow out. Because, of so, course, they can't be arsed to fix it. And, and of course, who bears the brunt of this damage? Who, is, who are the people first to be, to be hit by it, and, and more than likely the last to see any kind of recompense? Indigenous people. Just like in fucking Ecuador, just like in fucking Michigan, just like in Minnesota... Just like in fucking Pakistan, every fucking time. It's the people who live there. It's the people who care about the quality of the land they live on. Those are the people who are the first to be hurt, and they're going to be the last people that get anything out of this. Anything positive. This is, again, in reference to the three aquifers that were punctured. The first breach occurred during the winter of 2021 at a major pipeline junction near Clearbrook, Minnesota. Although regulators did not learn about it for several months. Because no. why would you pay attention if your operations have punctured a massive source of uh, clean drinking water for the people that live there? Um, mm-hmm. About 50 million gallons of groundwater flowed out from that rupture, endangering a rare wetland area nearby uh, called a uh, calcareous fen. 
Enbridge has paid more than $3.32 million related to the first violation, and the state attorney's general office have been reviewing the incident for potential prosecution. The company announced in January, about one year after Cruz first punctured the aquifer, that it had finally stopped the flow of groundwater. So let's, again, we're going to keep, there's two more fucking punctures we're going to talk about in a second, but again, let's just bear this in mind. This is the company that people like Sarah Kimbenzi want to trust with your drinking water and making sure there's not fucking oil in it. A company that took a year to stop a groundwater, uh, a breach that they didn't even realize was happening for months. Like... You, they didn't even fucking understand what was happening. They didn't even know, or at least that's what's being told to us, that they were unaware. Um, although with the next few offenses, I think we'll see that they more than likely were aware. That they more than likely just decided cost-benefit analysis. If we don't get caught, they can't charge us. The DNR learned about a, a second breach August 5th, the agency said Monday. Uh, this is Monday, back on the 21st, obviously. The breach occurred a few days earlier near LaSalle Creek in Hubbard County and discharged an estimated 9.8 million gallons of groundwater. So they waited a few days. Again, like this time, instead of waiting months, they waited a few days. Yeah. But still didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell the governmental body that's supposed to regulate them and prevent them from having access to permits if they show they're not capable of doing the job Uh you know, efficiently, um, which is very clear at this point. Yeah, exactly. Why do they need to know? Fuck them. The DNR said it learned about the third breach, September 15th, about five days after it was identified. That rupture occurred about 400 feet west of the Fond du Lac Band's uh, reservation boundary, south of Highway 2 and east of Highway 73. It was once gushing about 330 gallons of groundwater per minute, but the flow has been reduced to about six gallons per minute, according to the DNR. That's, that's Fun. wonderful. We've we've gone from a an absolute deluge to like a, a nice a nice water pressure in a shower head. And again, it's like, you know, I, I feel like it goes without mentioning, but I'll mention it anyway because it's it's so frustrating for me to see this shit where they're they talk so casually about. Yeah, all this groundwater, all this, all this, all this water that's meant to be for clean drinking water, that's meant to be a source of life-sustaining water for the people that live here, we're just pissing it away, and two states away in Flint fucking Michigan, you still can't get clean drinking water. It's the richest country in the world. Can't, can't do that pissing it away letting a fucking canadian company ravage the fucking countryside and ravage our natural resources it's just when okay we'll move on. i see the red light i'm gonna keep moving you, you keep saying that. <laughs> i keep saying it because it's i can feel it hit like up in my chest i can feel it hit right when i'm about to say something that could be uh legally legally admissible and that's i gotta stop yeah well, I'm glad that you're self-regulating, and I appreciate. It. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like a, I'm like an airlock in a fermentation tub. I'm self-regulating. Yeah, you let out just enough. All right. Um. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna read the rest of the article uh, from this point on, uh, and I think it's because uh, I I just I don't know I think it's um I think it's important we're gonna it's gonna be actual people, um, indigenous folks and people who represent them talking about how this affects them and how they feel about it because I feel like uh, you know obviously their voices aren't nearly heard if people are being censored it's not white podcasters and comedians it's uh, you know people that have to fucking live on the res their entire life. Uh, or, you know, don't have access to clean drinking water that's not from a fucking aquifer, that's not from a well, um, that aren't, can't be part of water infrastructure because of politicians like Sarah uh, Kimbenzi, who uh, care more about a Texas-based fossil fuel lobbying group and a Canadian uh, oil and gas pipeline company than they do about the people who live around them, their own neighbors. Um, unlike uh, the indigenous folks we're going to talk about in a second, so... Uh, pipeline opponents, including environmental groups and scientists, expressed frustration with the DNR's findings. Uh, because the DNR, as we've seen in Michigan, as we see in many states, uh, go to bat for and cover up for these companies very often because of the lucrative contracts they bring to the state. And because of how much money they personally can make off of allowing these things to continue. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked at the volume and I'm shocked that we didn't know exactly what was going on said Frank Bebo, a, a lawyer for the White Earth Band of Ojibwa. Bebo said he thinks repeated warnings about problems doing such construction in northern Minnesota's watery landscape were ignored during contested case proceedings. It's very sad to think, how many times do you have to keep telling the same story? Winona LaDuke, head of honor of the earth and a leading indigenous voice in the fight against the Enbridge pipeline, said it's a shame that the state has not prosecuted the company when hundreds of Minnesotans who were arrested, who sorry, hundreds of Minnesotans who demonstrated against Line 3 were arrested and charged with crimes. Enbridge has behaved criminally in the state of Minnesota, LaDuke said. Steve Morse, executive director of the Minnesota Environmental Partnership called the breach near Fond du Lac pretty massive. He said he is frustrated that it took so long for information about the ruptures to come out. His organization and at least one logmaker repeatedly have asked state agencies for more information, he said. Why do we wait months and months for this simple information? Who are they protecting, he asked. They are hiding behind the data practices law. I have two thoughts, I, and I had two thoughts when I read that. I went, how moving that these people are fighting so hard and so consistently for the well-being of themselves, their state, and their neighbors. And two, what the fuck is the data practices law? <laughs> That's a great... I had that also thought. And honestly, I want to kiss Steve Morse on the fucking mouth for making me ask that question, because then I looked into it, and what do you know? The state... The data practices law is bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's it's basically I'm not gonna get into the fucking details. You can look it up if you like. It's on the, the Minnesota uh, government's website. Uh, but it's essentially a way for them to hide information from people about the contracts they have with companies. They can uh, basically they have some very vague and arbitrary uh, authority to label certain um, pieces of information uh, non-public uh, or classified non-public. So basically, um, one of those you can get through, like, um, 
legal means. And one of those, there's basically no way to get a hold of uh, unless you're one of the people being discussed in the data. Uh, so a lot of this information that they have about the way they deal with Enbridge, the way they coordinate, um, and the way that the information about these risks, these dangers uh, are communicated is all fucking hidden behind a fucking firewall. You want to talk about the China's Great Firewall. You want to scaremonger about that? Look at the one in fucking Minnesota that's literally helping to destroy the lives of American citizens, of everyday people. If you, hey, you're a fucking sovereign citizen and you're uh, some fucking right-wing nutjob that believes the government's overstepping its bounds and it's, it's tied up in these corporate cabals, great, care about this, asshole. Go demonstrate out on line three and get the shit beaten out of you by some fucking pigs who are being paid off the clock. If, Am I being detained? I wish you were. I wish we were all being detained. So that's... That's, uh... Oh, boy. So that's uh, that's line five and line three, right? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about... We're talking about this company that uh, consistently... Um, causes massive amounts of damage, consistently is let off the hook for it, uh, and is apparently tied so firmly and deeply to state governments um, that there's really nothing that you can do on a personal level besides literally strap yourself to the machinery that they use to do this uh, in an in a attempt to stop them before some, uh, you know, buzz-cutted white nationalist uh, in a, with a badge beats the ever-loving shit out of you and gives you permanent nerve damage. Um, and unfortunately, this isn't a local or state-level issue. This is an issue that all governments internationally have. And how do we know this? Well, because we have, uh, you know, certain groups that exist in this world, um, that exist, uh, at face value to regulate this kind of thing and to, uh, provide a voice to our collective species, um, in the face of these these flagrant abuses, right? And to, to collect this data and to provide real, um, practical um, suggestions to policymakers, to governments, um, and to these corporations uh, in a way to please everybody, but also to mitigate uh, climate change. Uh, and one of these groups, uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar, if you've been paying attention to any of the climate change news, is the IPCC, or the uh, Intergovernmental Panel for Climate Change. Um, just recently, just this past week, they've released uh, their third report on the uh, anthropogenic effects uh, on the biosphere uh, through the, uh, the mechanism of climate change. And that is a, uh, a nerdy, uh, detached way of saying, uh, the reason we're going to die is because we keep polluting the earth. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I love the, the clinical way that they love to put it because they're like, well, we don't want to be sensationalists, but it's like, I mean, we are literally talking about the end of the human species. Yeah, it's, we're, we're talking about not having a planet for the human race to live on. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the IPCC. Let's talk a little bit about the report and how it relates to the things that we've been talking about, how it relates to Chevron, how it relates to Enbridge, and how it relates to these these governments and these legislators that are in their pocket and work directly with them regardless of the cost. So, first and foremost, 
Um, this is directly uh, from the UN. This is on their, their news aggregate. Uh, under under the heading, the subheading, uh, here, here's, sorry, here's the headline. Because honestly, uh, much like Alex Jones, I love reading headlines. Uh, but unlike oh, yeah. Alex Jones, I read the words beneath them too. Uh, well, that's why do you need to. The headline tells you everything you need to know. Exactly. That's why the headline's so, there. Colin, Colin has done days of research. I got my stackies. With his stackies. With his stackies. Oh, yeah. All right. So, UN Climate Report, colon, it's, quote, unquote, now or never to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees. And under the subheading Horror Story, the UN chief added, this is not fiction or exaggeration, it is what science tells us will result from our current energy policies. We are on a pathway to global warming of more than double the 1.5 degree Celsius or 2.7 degree Fahrenheit limit. Now that, that's a reference to the Paris Agreement uh, back in uh, 2015, which at the time, that was understood to be uh, the upper limit of which temperature could increase globally on average, where we would still be able to wind back some of the effects of climate change. That, that was our tipping point. Once we clear a consistent uh, 1.5 degrees Celsius average increase in temperature, everything starts to snowball because you start to see a massive release of carbon uh, from frozen water in the form of the glaciers uh, that we have on our planet. Uh, and also you start to see die-offs of vegetation that would otherwise absorb carbon uh, that won't be able to come back uh, or at least won't be able to come back consistently enough to do what they were doing and they'll diminish until they're extinct. Um, I want to read um, from April 4th uh, the, the whole transcript of the Secretary, Secretary General's um, uh, message on, on the IPCC report. I feel like it's very... Um, I have some issues with it, and we're going to talk about them, but I think uh, it does a good job um, explaining the urgency of the matter because you have to understand, these kind of people, these UN bureaucrats, they are actual true centrists, actual true moderates. Um, they, you know, they have all this corporate interest, um, and to get that the needle to move on them, it needs to be a real fucking serious problem, right? Yeah. So if if this imagine imagine if this is, if you will, for the American brain, right? For for like the dumbed down dog version of a regular human brain. Let's let's think about uh, and imagine if um, this is like if Donald Trump was talking about the dangers of racism and homophobia. It's all those letters that got sent to H.P. Lovecraft where they're like, uh, other out. notable racists like Robert E. Howard were like, hey man, you should chill out with the racism. So this is the Secretary General, this is the transcript from his video message after the, the IPCC launched their third report. The jury has reached a verdict and it is damning. This report of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is a litany of broken climate promises. It is a file of shame cataloging the empty pledges that put us firmly on track towards an unlivable world. We are on a fast track to climate disaster. Major cities underwater, unprecedented heat waves, terrifying storms, widespread water shortages, the extinction of a million species of plants and animals, 
This is not fiction or exaggeration. It is what science tells us will result from our current energy policies. We are on a pathway to global warming of more than double the 1.5 degree limit agreed in Paris. Some government and business leaders are saying one thing, but doing another. Simply put, they are lying. And the results will be catastrophic. This is a climate emergency. Climate scientists warn that we are already perilously close to tipping points that could lead to cascading and irreversible climate impacts. But high-emitting governments and corporations are, just, are not just turning a blind eye. They are adding fuel to the flames. They are choking our planet based on their vested interest and historic investments in fossil fuels when cheaper renewable solutions provide green jobs, energy security, and greater price stability. We left COP26 in Glasgow with a naive optimism based on new promises and commitments. Uh, that's the Paris Agreement, I believe. Mm -hmm. But the main problem, the enormous growing emissions gap, was all but ignored. The science is clear. To keep the 1.5 degree limit agreed in Paris within reach, we need to cut global emissions by 45% this decade. But current climate pledges would mean... But current climate... But current climate pledges would mean a 14% increase in emissions. And most major emitters are not taking the steps needed to fulfill even these inadequate promises. Climate activists are sometimes depicted as dangerous radicals. But the truly dangerous radicals are the countries that are increasing the production of fossil fuels. Investing in new fossil fuel infrastructure is moral and economic madness. That one goes out to you, Sarah Kimbenzi. Dumb bitch. Such investments will soon be stranded assets, a blot on the landscape and a blight on investment portfolios. But it doesn't have to be this way. Today's report is focused on mitigation, cutting emissions. It sets out viable, financially sound options in every sector that can keep the possibility of limiting warming to 1.5 degrees alive. First and foremost, we must triple the speed of shift to renewable energy that means moving investments and subsidies from fossil fuels to renewables now in most cases renewables are already far cheaper as we've seen this is not the report as we've seen in with solar power solar energy is highly economical highly feasible very uh, easy to set up once the solar panels are manufactured which do cause pollution to manufacture that's no one's saying they don't the problem is that you can't create an artificial monopoly on the sun, which is why it's not widely adopted. But the IPCC report um, talks about solar energy and, and wind energy uh, as very, very um, important pillars in the move to renewable energy. I'll continue with the Secretary General's message now. It means governments ending the funding of coal, not just abroad, but at home, Joe Manchin, you dumb bitch. It, it means climate coalitions made up of developed countries, multilateral development banks, private financial institutions, and corporations supporting major emerging economies and making the shift. It means protecting forests and ecosystems as powerful climate solutions. It means rapid progress in reducing methane emissions. And it means implementing the pledges made in Paris and Glasgow. Leaders must lead, but all of us can do our part. We owe a debt to young people, civil society, and indigenous communities for sounding the alarm and holding leaders accountable. 
We need to build on their work to create a grassroots movement that cannot be ignored. If you live in a big city, a rural, a rural area, or a small island state, if you invest in the stock market, if you care about justice and our children's future, I'm appealing directly to you. Demand that renewable energy is introduced now, at speed and at scale. Demand an end to coal-fired power. Demand an end to fossil fuel subsidies. Today's report comes at a time of global turbulence. Inequalities are at an unprecedented level. The recovery from COVID-19 pandemic is scandalously uneven. Inflation is rising, and the war in Ukraine is causing food and energy prices to skyrocket. But increasing fossil fuel production will only make matters worse. Choices made by countries will now will make or break the commitment to one and a half degrees. A shift to renewables will mend our broken global energy mix and offer hope to millions of people suffering climate impacts today. Climate promises and plans must be turned into reality and action now. It is time to stop burning our planet and start investing in the abundant renewable energy all around us. Here's what's wrong with that. Because I get it, and I agree, it sounds really nice. It sounds very pragmatic, sounds very practical, sounds very reasonable. They're not pushing, they're asking. They're not, they're, they're demanding attention, not action. And the problem that I have with this is that they're not, they're not addressing the core problem here. They're not addressing the root of the issue. And I can't think of a better example of that than this. This is from April 8th on a site called CSR Wire. Now, CSR Wire is, uh, it's kind of hard. It's not kind of hard. They're, uh, hmm. They're like if a mouthpiece was also an asshole and the only thing that ever came out of it was hot lying diarrhea. Oh, like Breitbart or Fox News. Yeah, except they're explicitly about um, greenwashing. It's a greenwashing site is what it is. Uh, and also um, a, I don't know, I don't know what the term would be. I guess redwashing perhaps when we talk about these companies saying that they're involved in social justice of any kind. Um, but CSR Wire stands for Corporate Social Responsibility. Mm. And here's here's how this website describes themselves before I, I read uh, from the article uh, that they, uh, they published, um, which proves my point. Um, this, this is literally their About Us page. I think it's hilarious. Uh, 3BL CS Wire, CSR Wire is a dedicated real-time source for sharing major news and updates focused on corporate social responsibility. Whether your organization is a global brand sharing its impact with stakeholders, a mid-sized company just getting started on its purpose journey, or a nonprofit promoting a new initiative, CSR Wire's a la carte press release distribution offers an affordable, effective solution for organizations looking to distribute CSR and sustainability-focused content to journalists, bloggers, business executives, investors, academia, and other key stakeholders. They're literally admitting to being a PR firm for these corporate interests in a way 
that makes what they're doing seem good. So if you work at CSR Wire, um, there's the red light. I'm moving on. And that should be all you need to hear to know what to do. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Now, the Secretary General is talking about these companies need to push these green initiatives. They need to switch to renewable energy and they need to work with uh, other private groups as well as the, as well as governments to achieve these means. Our good friend Enbridge feels like they're already kind of doing that. So here's what Enbridge says, right? Um, we are investing in our natural gas renewable projects and in low-carbon energy infrastructure, including renewable natural gas. Do you guys know what renewable natural gas is? Bullshit? Is it like green-burning coal? (laughs) It's it's actually literally bullshit. So renewable natural gas is almost always in reference to biogas, usually methane produced by cows. So it is actually bullshit. Um, The problem is that this methane that's collected from these biogas sources is usually only about 45% methane, which means to make it a viable fuel source, you need to severely refine it, um, which means pulling carbon out, pulling all these uh, hydrocarbons out that are then released in the atmosphere (laughs) or (laughs) polluting uh, waterways and things like that. So they're renewable uh, natural gas projects are uh, crocs of shit, to greenwash their company image. Um, they also talk about uh, their greenhouse gas emission reduction targets aligned with the ambitions of the IPCC and the Paris Agreement, and they're establishing, uh, they're working to establish net zero by 2050, um, which blatantly contradicts what we just heard the Secretary General say, where we need to cut emissions by what? This decade. Fo- 40 fucking percent by this decade and they're saying we think we'll hit it by 2050 um well that's too fucking late and then the last thing they talk about is enbridge was recently awarded the right to pursue development of a carbon dioxide sequestration uh sequestration hub west of edmonton alberta uh and will be among uh the largest integrated carbon capture and storage projects in the world now what what's what's carbon sequestration? What's that? Well, carbon That's sequestration. That's a great question because I don't know. Yeah, it's it's basically the idea that you could take carbon and put it somewhere else. So how does that work? Well, technically, um, trees already do carbon sequestration because they yeah. absorb carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and they put out oxygen. That's carbon sequestration. Um, the problem is trees don't do it nearly fast enough to be effective. And we keep cutting Uh, them down. And we keep cutting them down. Uh, another method of carbon sequestration that's been, uh, proposed is, uh, oceanic sequestration where you collect carbon. And if, if the phrase collect carbon seems vague to you, it is on purpose. I'll explain it in a second. Uh, this carbon uh, sequestration that's supposed to take place in the ocean is where you would take carbon and you'd put it on the ocean floor where the pressure would keep it there. Uh, but 
also the people who who who've talked about it go eh, it would also probably contribute to ocean acidification and more, probably wouldn't work probably destroy like ocean ecosystems because we we don't have a lot of information about the way life exists on the ocean floor so maybe pumping poison down there would not be a good idea maybe um and then you have um geological and technological uh sequestration geological is um taking liquid carbon and injecting it into porous rock uh, or having it uh, be collected in just like the ground period, which as we talked about the end bridge, there's a lot of fresh water in the ground. So probably not a good idea to do that. Yeah. It's where like a lot of the world that doesn't have access to the great lakes gets most of their fresh water is underground. Yup. <laughs> it's where fucking Nestle's pumping it from. Yeah. And uh, the last one, technological sequestration is, the, is a means by which you could capture carbon out of the air and then compress it into a liquid or solid form to then have it buried deep underground or be distributed by one of those other methods we just discussed. And again, it sounds really vague. That's because it is. Because it doesn't really fucking work. Because the process by which you would sequester uh, carbon out of the air is so energy intensive that you're you're going to be putting more out than you're taking in. There, it's it's not possible to do. So not these yet. things that they're bragging about, um, other than they talk about being an early investor in hydrogen, right? And, and that's that's great, but ultimately hydrogen hydrogen is one of those red herrings in the energy industry that gets talked about a lot, but never actually invested in or paid that much attention to because it's hard to make a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. because your margins are pretty fucking low because it's expensive to do it safely it's expensive to do it well not that it's difficult it's just expensive it takes a lot of time and money uh so this enbridge is technically meaning what the what the ipcc is asking for it's meaning what the paris agreement was asking for and it's still doing all this damage because the core problem is not being addressed. So this is... We are moving into the end of the episode. This is the call to action. And this is going to get a little um, soapboxy and a little self-serious in a way that frustrates me personally. Because I don't think I'm a serious person. And I, I it's frustrating to me. It's, I don't like it. Okay? Um... I'm a mentally ill, burgeoning alcoholic college dropout. I don't have a degree of any kind and any knowledge or critical thinking ability I have is self-accrued. In a rational world that valued facts and reality, the fraction of information we've we've discussed today would be broadcast nonstop. Fossil fuel executives would be tried for crimes against humanity and entire governments would crumble under the slightest revelation of their complicity. Instead, as the system stands, our politicians are bought to be blind, deaf, and dumb, like Sarah Cabenzi. The media is on the same dole as the people they're supposed to keep honest, and no fossil fuel executive will ever see an unflattering op-ed, let alone the inside of a cell. But that's just it, as the system stands. 
what is probably clear to many of you and is clear to me personally, the true issue here is not a lack of renewable energy or creative regulations or even international intergovernmental solidarity. The true issue here is capitalism. The accumulation at any and all costs of more for more sake. If we allow the system to continue, the cost will be our health, our life, and our planet. It already is. We see the effects of microplastics. They're in you. They're in me. They'll be in your children. They'll be in your children's children until we can't reproduce anymore. Until they cross the brain-blood barrier and we're all lobotomized into gaping idiots. Even people like me, without a full formal education and inhibited mental faculties, can see this is the case. I urge you, listeners, to work in whatever capacity you can to keep our planet livable. Organize neighborhood carpools, cultivate community gardens, and most importantly, pressure the people in power with short-term consequences for their long-term destruction. Well, I'm sorry this one wasn't funny. Yeah, this was it's going going back to oil we knew would be a little a little more serious said, but it, it truly is something that is worth going back to and that we need to acknowledge. The problem is there's always more news. Always. I'm an article junkie. I can't stop. Be. Yeah, Colin doesn't know when to stop doing something that's bad for him, so he just consumes nothing but information that makes his blood pressure rise and grind his teeth all day, and God bless the boy. There's no information that doesn't make me grind my teeth. Rube Waddell. Anyways, um, enough about America's greatest baseball player and the thing that keeps me sane. <clears throat> Thank you for listening once again to another episode of Worst in the Industry and checking us out and listen to us uh, attempt to bring some bit of truth and, and uh, light to these horrible, horrible things that go on and continue to go on around us every day. Uh, you know, come on back next week. We'll have another episode for you. Check us out on the socials. Join our Discord server. Um, I think we're going to start, I, I, per, I know I'm going to start hopping on, you know, just hanging out, playing some video games, you know, once a week, you know, every once in a while. So, you know, come on by. Don't be afraid to hop into the voice channels on the server. Send us an email if you got something to talk about. We'll happily listen. If Bye. you have the time and okay. money that, uh, allow you to afford to be arrested, you could be like those climate scientists and engineers chain themselves to the doors of chase bank in manhattan uh to show that it's not just oil and gas companies that are destroying the planet it's the people that fund them and allow them to continue so if you have the time demonstrate you can chain yourself to machinery at line three i don't advocate for people to break the law or to do things that are going to destroy their lives or the lives of their loved ones but again if you have the time if you have the money if you have the energy it's your life it's everybody's life it's all the lives for the rest of the time that we have. All we can do is resist. In any way we can. Donald Trump, welcome to the resistance. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah, we're going to end the show on that note. Um, <laughs> yeah, and bullshit. Shoot us an email. Uh, bye, everybody. Later. Kisses.
them in the wheel and they still won't. I could probably get a deal with Coke. If I wasn't rapping about the past back, dealing dope. Got the offer and it's real low. Over one mil and it's still low. They all corporate, they all cute in suits. Yeah, on bullshit with all that poop to scoop. My shit going up, I go root to roof. They don't like that, they want mute the truth. They gon' switch sides, they go group to group. They want shoot the shit, ain't got shit to shoot till I go crazy. Go and get the baby shark and hit him with the doo 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 damn. Big boy, you gotta shoot it with two hands. Couple John Doe come through like who's man's. Nah, she blew it like two grams Everyone I lose, abuse the fuse hands I'm right there on the edge of insanity Overlooking Vegas, overthinking my vanity You've been throwing shade, I'm enjoying the canopy Everybody dies, so I live out of fantasy Yeah, can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you need to sit the fuck down. Yeah. I don't even talk my shit now unless I got a reason. Everybody watching like Netflix got a new season. I'ma get rich, hit the dealership, get the new bands out. Bottom line 316, like Stone Cold says so. They bury me alive, I was dead broke I've been living in the no-flex zone About to make a move, it's a escrow Cooking in the kitchen, my sauce like magic My pesto like presto Off a little bean, that espresso Little bit of lean like I'm getting over chest cold Got no chain, no, I can't chill Eight ball, got me feeling like eight mil Can't stay still, can't feel off a pain kill Got the little orange pill, not the day quill They fake with it, they ain't real they talk about bricks, but they can't build. I'm frank with it. I'm Jake Jill. I only sold gas. I'm Hank Hill. Tank filled with the propane. It's like a 10K grill. It's a throwaway. They never ask if I'm okay. I'm never okay. Everybody want to cut. It's a dry vocal. I'm anti-love, anti-social. I'm bipolar. I'm bi-coastal. I might buy one and go postal. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit the fuck down.